In the holy letters of the Rebbe in volume 8, this is letter number 2497. There is no date. All what it is here is Oderishen Tavshin Yud Dalet. This is a response, actually. This has a whole history to it. And we have to probably uh, look it over. And that is about the Geniza Chersonis. They found various different letters uh, from the Baal Shem Tov, from way, way beginning to his brother-in-law, Rabbi Gershon Kitaver, to the students, the hidden students. And there is like a beautiful, fascinating, and, uh, and, and a lot of, a lot of, lot of uh, interesting and very uh, inspiring information about the Baal Shem Tov's life, and etc., etc. Uh, the issue over here was that there were some people that were arguing about the authenticity of these letters. Uh, some people claimed that these were forged. They weren't really letters that were really um, authentic. Many of these letters were printed in a publication back in Otwatsk in Poland. After, before the war, uh, there was a publication known as the publication of the Hatomim. That was a scholarly as well as a historical, various different articles. People participated. And the Rebbe was one of the uh, people who was in charge and looked over the stuff. And the previous Rebbe gave uh, from his letters those that were allowed to be published, and they were published in the book of the Hatamim, in that publication. And again, the previous Rebbe ruled that these letters were authentic. They were passed down uh, from a grand, great-grandson of the Baal Shem Tov. There was a Rebbe of Ruzhin. His name was Rebbe Yisrael Ruziner. And this Rebbe Yisrael Ruziner, who was the grandson of the, uh, of the Baal Shem Tov, it comes from him, and, and eventually it ended up uh, by, the pre- by the previous Rebbe. Uh, so people were questioning, and people were challenging, and there was an article written in a paper over there at the time, and that was called Hasefer. This was published in Israel. And the author over there uh, I guess took issues over there. So so the Rebbe writes, at least let's start it, maybe we'll finish later. So at least the Rebbe says, starts like this. He says, to me, the Rebbe says, I saw like 300 letters of these letters. Again, they call them the Gniza Chersonis. And Kherson, now you hear now what's going on uh, over there in, uh, in the Ukraine. They just, uh, it's amazing that we're learning about the Gniza Khersonis that uh, made the uh, Jewish people over there and all over the world and all, all human beings be protected from the violence and from the 
um, we'll dedicate our learning to the merit and to the uh, uh, privilege of all those who are under siege and that God should protect them wherever they are. So one of the cities they just actually conquered, they said, so they claim, I don't think that the other ones are agreeing with it, but that was the city of Kherson. That's where these are. Them. So the Rebbe says, I've seen them by my father-in-law, the Rebbe. And the Rebbe says, part of them have not been allowed to be published. So the Rebbe says, I have no doubt, on the contrary, that the content is authentic. Unless, the Rebbe says, the Rebbe is going to explain it logical. If you believe, there are those that believe that if you have to explain something that happened, they explain it immediately, oh, there was a miracle which is beyond nature. The first approach is, oh, some sort of miracle happened over here. That's not a logical conclusion, right? So, the Rebbe says, so you want to believe that by a miracle, there was a person in Odessa, that's another city that we're hearing now all the time, that was able to forge, and, you know, when they say make up stories, they say it, you know, that they suck it out of their thumb, you know, to uh, make it up, you know, make up a story, and write 300 letters, like these, and then he vanished and he's no longer there. The Rebbe says, if you want to believe that this is what happened, that there was a person in Odessa who was able to forge and to come up out of nowhere and write 300 letters, so that, and then he, and then he uh, vanished and he's no longer there. If you believe that story, okay, then, but the Rebbe says that's not the logical conclusion. The Rebbe says, God willing, there will be some more time. I will publish once again all the letters that have been printed in the Hatomim with the additional letters that my father-in-law allowed me to print them then. The reason they were not printed, they were interrupted in the meantime, the printing of the Hatomim. I think the war broke out over there at that time. And the Rebbe says, I, as an introduction to that, I'm going to explain my reason and the rationale which forced the conclusion above that this is all authentic. And the Rebbe was going to point out two points here and we'll leave this to Mr. Shem for uh, the next day. And the Rebbe is sort of vouching or proving of the authenticity of these letters when there's a lot of people came and questioned them. And first, the Rebbe points out that uh, if you're going to use logic, you have to conclude that these are authentic because to believe miraculously that somebody can forge 300 letters and then he vanished, that's not something which is logical. And here the Rebbe brings down two points to explain my reasoning why the Rebbe says uh, that uh, he's going to explain uh, 
And Rebbe says that he has to publish. In the middle, there used to be the publication of the Hatomim, which stopped, and the his father-in-law, the previous Rebbe, gave him permission to publish some of the more letters that have not yet been published. The Rebbe says he intends to uh, publish them. And the Rebbe wants to give here two points. Number one, the Rebbe says, it is known to all those that lived at the time in which these uh, letters of this Geniza uh, in the uh, south of Russia, that is close to Odessa and Kherson. Unfortunately, they're now in the news. Kherson yeah. was recaptured by the... Uh, they invaded uh, Kherson now, and and the... Uh, so people that lived next to Odessa or next to Kherson, these people were distinguished people. And uh, especially... Uh, there were, you know, there were great people over there. And especially there were people that had a very good idea about the history of Hasidus, the teaching of Hasidus. And amongst them, there would not been uh, uh, one of them that would be capable and would write such letters just uh, sucked out of the out of the thumb, out of the finger, you know, just made up stuff. The Rebbe says there wasn't anybody over there uh, people that had, that can go ahead and do that. So, there, so somebody had to do it, but there was nobody in that time that had the ability to do that. And number two, during that time, when there was a confusion, all the countries, it was a time of war, there were uh, hard communications between one country and the other country. To go ahead, find such parchment on which these letters were written, this would be almost impossible. So the Rebbe said, you know, what, what, what's happening is people were saying that it was forged by somebody over there. So the Rebbe says the paper, or it wasn't on paper, the parchment it was written on, that was impossible for anybody to get it over there. And also, so there were none of the people that could possibly, the people that we know of that could possibly have written this, and there's not even the parchment because of being forged. So the Rebbe says like this, most of the questions, the people that are doubting the authenticity of the letters, what are they basing? Why are they questioning is Because they found several contradictions in the dates of the letters. And that means those are mistakes that mostly hinge on one letter or one word, sometimes missing a words, etc., so the Rebbe said, anybody who ever dealt with copying letters, especially when you do it quickly, and the Rebbe asked in a presentation, unfortunately, I know because I look over a, 
a, a, a substantial part of the Maimorim, the, uh, the, 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 the discourses and the books that are published by our publications. So the Rebbe says, I know firsthand because I look over these. So the Rebbe says, if you've ever done, especially when you rushed, so even if you are a good, you are a good copywriter, you can really copy, you're doing well, so at least 5%, at least 5% of the lines have a mistake after the first copy. And then you look it over a second time and a third time. You have to edit it and edit it. And as of a board, this is even by the best one who copies it. So, on the other hand, so the Rebbe says, if you have a legitimate person copying over, it's inevitable that there is going to be some mistakes over there, that the copy isn't going to be 100%. On the contrary, the Rebbe says, a person who is intentionally a forger, who is forging, who wants to forge, trying to sell the letters to one of the homes of the Rebbe's, you know, thinking that he's going to make some money because they'll buy it off for him for a large amount of money, which means to those that have some sort of idea in the history, what happened in the Hasidic history and the teachings. So for sure, if he's trying to forge, he's going to make sure and he's going to look over many times because he's going to worry that maybe they're going to find mistakes uh, which is going to reveal his forgery, his shame publicly and he's going to lose all of his business. So a legitimate person copying might make mistakes. Somebody who's forging is trying to the best of his ability to avoid any mistakes so that he doesn't get caught by the mistakes. So therefore, the Rebbe says, the finding of these mistakes, uh, after you, deduce, you take away, deduct the mistakes which come through the person who is uh, setting it up for the print. They call him the Bacher de Zetzer of the... Atomim, which means that the person who set it up for print for the Atomim, he also went, made some mistakes as he published it. So the Rebbe says this is actually a proof that the letters were not written by a forger that wanted to sell them later on to for a for a full price to those who understand understand in this, in this area. And therefore, he required that he should have a little more careful. The Rebbe says on the contrary. This tells us it was written by somebody who copied it for somebody that doesn't have uh, for people that don't have such a knowledge, just the externality of the letters. So, which means uh, he would have been very careful. So this wasn't a forger trying to sell it for a lot of money, 
but rather this was made for a person who is not trying to sell it to specific Rebbe or specific home in which he can charge a lot of money. It was just ordinary people. And uh, this, the Rebbe says, is additional proof to the conclusion of my father-in-law, the Rebbe. And apparently the Rebbe says he must have heard it from his father, the Rebbe, that, number one, without a doubt, the content is authentic. Authentic. It's authentic. And it was also, number two, that it was copied from the handwriting from those that had a good handle and they had a good knowledge, a deep understanding in the teaching of Hasidus and the Kabbalah. So this could not have been done just by uh, a forger. Uh, this is definitely, the Rebbe says, authentic. And it has to be done by people who have a deep knowledge and understand the Kabbalah. And the Rebbe says, I want to make another point. And, and that is also, the Rebbe says, in my view, conclusively decides the conclusion of my father-in-law, the Rebbe. The Rebbe said is that a person who saw hundreds of letters like this at once, that's the way they brought it to be sold to uh, his representative, Lubavitch. So there would be no uh, question, the Rebbe says, to a view that this is the actual handwriting. The Rebbe said, this wasn't sold as the original letters. There would be no doubt that it wasn't the original because that this is the actual handwriting, the holy handwriting of the Baal Shem Tov or things like that. There wasn't that. Why? Because in all of them, the handwriting and the parchment was the exact same in all details. So, if somebody wanted a forge to uh, make it in such a way that he should hopefully to go and find a buyer, only between peoples that don't have any understanding of uh, investigation or a healthy intellect, simply. So, how would you sell it as the original handwritings when you see that everything is exactly matched? Which, let me add a, a by-the-way point. You know, unfortunately, this is uh, uh, happening today. You know, people forge mezuzahs. They, the mezuzah needs to be written very meticulously by a scribe on good parchment and takes time. It takes time and it takes effort and mezuzahs get to be expensive. So, but unfortunately, like any place where there is money, there are people that are trying to forge. So, they use paper, but if somebody makes a mezuzah on paper instead of parchment, which it needs to be on, you'll catch them right away. 
if a person does writes it very quickly, not you can tell. So this guy came up with an idea that uh, he actually used parchment, and he had a beautiful, beautiful mezuzah, but instead of written by a scribe, he had it mimeographed, he had it copied onto a parchment. A beautiful... Now, how are you going to tell? How are you going to tell? You look at a mezuzah, it looks perfect. It's a parchment. It has ink, but it has not been written by a scribe. How are you going to tell that it was forged? That it's a copy, that it's not really been written by a scribe? And they caught him in the end. How did they catch him? Because they inspected it by the computer. I was going to say that you can tell when something no. is No, how would they say? No, I'm going to tell you how. Because since every mezuzah looked exactly the same, they knew that it was copied because you can't have the mezuzah be written exactly the same way. The fact that they were identical, the, the computer recorded the picture of what it saw and it saw that one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, it, it stored it in its memory. And when it came, when another mezuzah that it checked, it saw it's exactly the same. That's how it was discovered. So this is the point the Rebbe is making over here. The fact, you couldn't be that this is different letters at different times if everything is exactly the same. So that tells us that it's all at the same time. And the Rebbe says, uh, in addition to all the above, some of these letters, the Rebbe says, that have not been published, because not everything was published, so there were certain kameas, those are uh, written uh, different verses or names of Hashem that are used as omens, uh, for uh, special help for different things. There were letters there, there were tagim, those are the crowns, and various different types of points. So, as I heard from my father-in-law, the Rebbe, so in them we found, and also in these letters that were published, uh, certain things that were not publicly known, they came down tradition from Rebbe to Rebbe, till the Alta Rebbe, till his father of the previous Rebbe. So that means he saw in the letters that nobody else could know. It was only them that that was them. But the Rebbe says, I'm only coming here with general points here, but to my view, these are also sufficient. Not only to push away the arguments in the above article, because like I said, they published this article against the authenticity of these Geniza Khersonis of this uh, hidden Kherson that they found over there and before him. But also to prove, the Rebbe says, we have to have the opposite total conclusion, something which is more acceptable, which makes more reasonable, more sense. The Rebbe says, it is very clearly that the Rebbe of Ruzhin a blessed memory, the blessed, the memory of a tzaddik for blessing, was incarcerated. He says, as of now, the Rebbe says, 
there are no historians, people that are looking in the Chaykrim, uh, or scientists that deny that. Although there is one known and 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 and, and uh, public public in in Poland who came to a conclusion, a scientific positive conclusion that the Baal Shem Tov never existed. So the Rebbe says, you know, you'll have a, they'll say anything, but. For now, the Rebbe says, everybody agrees that the Ruzhiner Rebbe was incarcerated. And he had a very difficult incarceration. And in such incarceration, they would uh, take away all, they would confiscate all the writings that were in the possession of of the uh, person arrested, of the inmate. For sure, by the Rebbe of Ruzhin, there were holy writings, handwritings of his generation and the generations that were before him, close to him, and he had books and he had objects that were dear to him because they came as an inheritance or similar to it whether a little bit, whether a lot. So for sure, when the Rebbe came to a secure place and he wanted and he looked for ways how to get his writings in return back to him. As we said before, he escaped from prison. So for sure, the Rebbe says it's clear, he could not get them back by openly uh, asking it for them by the government. He ran away from his incarceration. He couldn't ask them. So the only way he could get it is were hidden ways. So that if the people that put the effort in, they could bribe some of the uh, officers that were connected to this. So, what would these Pekidim, uh, these officers, those these uh, people in charge, what would they do in order to uh, make this more, uh, to lukewarm this and to diminish it? They, 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 they're trying to get it in a way so they shouldn't get caught. So, at least the, uh, the possibility that the investigator of the government should not reveal that these uh, documents and these writings were returned back to their owners. So what would be the most simple logical way? To put in their place some other uh, things that externally they looked like and the number should fit the exact writing they were taking from them. So they had to basically replace in their place some things that looked similar to them. So that could not been done uh, in a very calm way in a long time. So therefore, 
So what the Rebbe is suggesting that the people bribed the government, the officials, to get hold of those letters, and they quickly redid it and put it back in place, a copy of it. They kept the originals, and they put back the uh, original, the copy in there, and they had to do it quickly, so they couldn't look it over, and they didn't see it was necessary because uh, the people that changed it, those who were doing the exchanges and also those who would investigate it, they were they understood Russian more than Hasidus, so they wouldn't know exactly what was returned. And it's also understand that the copy of these letters was on such parchment or paper of the time of the exchange, not at the time of the writing. Especially in those days, they didn't know of the possibility uh, to know that you can check the parchment when it was done. So they were trying to avoid, to what the Rebbe is suggesting, this was a copy done of the letter that was put back into the government official to compensate for what they have stolen back, what they've exchanged back to give it to the originer. And the reason for these mistakes and the reason for the inconsistency and the reason why the parchment and the reason the other thing is because they weren't interested in making, they needed to put back the amount and the similarity. So therefore, it was copied and done quickly. And so therefore, it was done on their parchment. It wasn't done on the original. It was all in exchange. And at that time, they didn't know when it was done. So the Rebbe said, this were copied from real. It wasn't something that somebody came there and sat and figured out and sort of just made it up this stuff the Rebbe doesn't think that that is logical. The Rebbe concludes, therefore, absolutely, without any doubt, A, from the reason that it couldn't have been forged, as the Rebbe brought out, and B, from the explanation why there would be uh, mistakes, why that is to be expected, and especially under those circumstances. So there's a definite conclusion of the Rebbe to his father-in-law's definite conclusion, between all the evidence, they found things there that is a tradition for Rebbe to Rebbe, it has to be authentic, and that's why the Rebbe negates that uh, article in which they uh, questioned the uh, authenticity, and the conclusion is that they are authentic and legitimate.